Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. I'm uh, praying that the Lord is uh, building a holy discontent in many of us for what we know as the church. There, there is discontent <clears throat> that isn't holy, but there is discontent that is holy and it's initiated by the Lord. And many times when he wants to bring forth change in us, uh, he, he must bring forth a, a discontent with the status quo. Um, because otherwise we, we don't tend to move. And last week I gave a message on uh, sort of keeping our eyes on the prize, the hope before us of Jesus' return. But, and, and that's important, but it can't be the only thing that we're looking for because there are things that the Lord desires to accomplish between now and then and for much of the church in America at least uh, there's, there's been a, a tendency as, as we see things sort of going culturally awry to uh, take a bunker mentality and just kind of hide out until the rapture. And if, if we can just hang on and not mess up too badly and, until Jesus comes back for us, then, then we're, we're going to be okay. Well, I, I think the Lord wants to confront that, and I guess we're dismissing the kids now. So <laughs> if there are any more kids, uh, <laughs> you, you can go too. Because there, there's some things that Jesus said in Matthew 24, and we, we looked at some of those last week. But there's one part in particular that I think kind of shows the, the danger in this. Um, <clears throat> in Matthew 24, uh, this is part of what, what Jesus said. We'll start in verse 4, and I'm sorry I don't have a PowerPoint for you. Today, I really wasn't sure where, where this was going. Um, maybe I'm still not entirely sure where this is going, and that's, that's okay. Because, uh, Lord, we want what you want. We want what you have for us today. We don't want what we can come up with on our own as nice as that might look. So, Lord, bless us with a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your Son for his glory. Amen. Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. 
For many will come in my name, saying I am the Christ, and will mislead many. And we've talked about that verse before, how that probably talks about people who, deceivers who will come saying that Jesus is the Christ. Not saying that they are the Christ, but saying that they have that part right, but they have other deception that they want to bring. And in verse 6, And you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations on account of my name. And at that time, many will fall away and will deliver up one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. And because lawlessness has increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. So, these are the words of Jesus in Matthew 24. And if, if you're thinking that things are going to be pretty easy for us and that before things really get bad or before the great tribulation comes, Jesus is going to zap all of his people out of here, then we need to read that again. Because this is what Jesus says. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations on account of my name. And there, there's not a footnote here, that, a little asterisk that says, except for America. Okay? Jesus said, all nations. You will be hated by all nations on account of my name. And at that time, many will fall away. So, you know, I've been chewing on this, this idea of the eternal purpose of God and fullness in the church and sort of what, what that looks like and I'm, I'm kind of confronted with, with this idea that it, it must be the case that, that either very many many believers are ignorant about what Jesus is saying here or they have this idea that that we can we can kind of live on the fence and and then when things get bad we'll really draw near to the lord that's that's bad thinking Be, because look at the progression of what jesus is saying here okay he he said all nations will hate you on account of my name, and at that time many will fall away and will even deliver up one another and hate one another. So, 
What Jesus is saying is when this persecution gets really bad, is many people are, are going to say, forget this. I'm, I'm going the easy way. And, and, and here is the thing. If, if we're choosing the easy way now, which is half-heartedness, on the fence, you know, uh, whatever that looks like. Uh, and, and, and we think that, that when things get really bad, then we're going to become wholehearted and, and we're going to jump in all the way for God. I, I think Jesus is warning us that you're kidding yourselves. That's, that's not going to happen. And, you know, a few months ago, I, I gave a series of messages on Revelation 2 and 3, the letters to the churches. And, you know, there, there are some really powerful promises to the overcomers in those seven churches. And I don't know about you, but... I want those promises that Jesus promised to the overcomers. They are the ones who will rule in the next age with him. And, and they are the ones who have overcome the, the things of this life. And the affections of their hearts have been turned towards something more valuable and more real. And, and that, that is my encouragement to us. Um... Now, the, the idea of, of fullness, I, I didn't really get to develop this last year, or last, last week, sorry. Uh, I, I talked a little bit about the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25, and the importance of, of each of us um, filling our lamp with oil. And how nobody can fill the lamp of your heart with the oil of the Lord but you. Uh, and and I've, been, I've been talking about being a people of God's presence. And, and that is, is what will move us to toward fullness. And I, I think I need to unpack that concept a, a little bit more of, of what, what does it mean to be a people of, of God's presence. Well, think about where, where do you go when, when you want comfort? When, when you have some spare time and you just want to kick back and relax, what, what do you do? do? Do you get in the presence of the Lord? Or are, are you still struggling with... His unconditional love. Are, 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 you, are you still wondering, it can't be that good? Because I've never seen anything like that. Someone who would, whenever I want to go and be with him, his arms were wide open and, and desiring for you to come. Because that is the Lord. 
And if, if we can get our hearts and, and if we can get our soul, our, our will in, into the habit of going to the Lord when, when we need rest, when we need comfort, when we just need to be loved, when we need to be encouraged, when whatever the need is. And finding our, our own pathways to his presence, to, to him. Because we're, we're all wired a little differently. And something that works for me most of the time may not work for you. And what works for you may not work for the next person. That's, that's the joy of this relationship. Is your relationship with the living God, with, with the creator who's whose love is stronger than yours and and his his words sink deeper than than ours and and his his ways are are higher than ours he he's he's the one we need and and I'm telling you, as, as we approach the end of the age, we, we need to have developed the habit of going to him. So that when things get really bad, as, as we are told they're going to, we, we automatically go to him and and we're not seeking our comfort our safety our rest in in something else that that will fail us and and we we have got to convince ourselves that those other things are are going to fail us and, and we can do that, I guess, two ways. We, by continuing to go to them and, and finding out that what we really need isn't there. And, and that's kind of the, the worst way. <laughs> or we, we just start going to the Lord and we find that what we need actually is there. Even if it may not be what we... First thought it was. We'll, we'll get what we actually did need. Because it, it's, it's going to be horrible for those who fall away. They're, they're going to betray their best friends. And, and, and people that they've known and, and loved or thought they loved for years and years. Because that, that's what Jesus is saying here in Matthew 24. That this is going to happen. So we, we need to help each other in this pursuit. And you know, Jerry, uh, I think the Lord wants you to share that. And I, I think right now. Jerry had a, a little experience that this week that may not have turned out exactly the way he hoped, but it was, it was good. And well, yeah. yeah. It was. It was pretty good. Uh... Well, a couple of scriptures I'll feed you first is uh, when you're supposed to pick the cross daily and follow him. 
That's discipleship, because he says that's what it requires to be a learner of the Lord. And, uh, well, that's good enough for now. Anyway, I was at Spooner's, and I was getting some yogurt, and I was having a good day, and I thought the treat was fine. And I went to the bathroom, and on the way out, I just felt all of a sudden bold and clean inside and good. I didn't have any fear. All of a sudden, the boldness took over. I made a beeline for this girl, and I just started... Well, I walked up to her and I said, are you having problems with your intestines? And I... Come, come about a couple feet over oh, this yeah. way. So you're not right under the And speaker. so that was kind of, yeah, that's kind of goofy. But, you know, that's what I thought I was hearing. I just wanted to receive. And if she had a problem, I wanted to take care of it. And as much as maybe even lead her to the Lord, I didn't know. But uh, I just had the boldness. If, if I felt good, I didn't feel afraid. I didn't feel anything. You know, the great exchange on the inside of me is the fact that I'm starting to become bold and, le- and a lot less afraid. Uh, the Lord is working things out and working new things in. And uh, she asked me uh, why. And I said, well, I receive from the Lord and I pray for people. That's a lot of my identity around here in various places, like my family or whatever. And... Uh, I just said a little bit more to her, and we discussed it briefly, and I just said, well, thanks, have a good day. And the Lord was uh, kind of getting on me and saying, now, look at what really happened there. You might have not actually had the word of knowledge, uh, but what she did experience was the fact that you cared, I cared, the word went forth, Jesus was proclaimed. There were several things that happened there that were really good. You know, uh, I wouldn't look at the word of knowledge as to whether or not I had it or not, I would look at the fact that uh, the exposure of Jesus to that person, a Christian that was willing to step out and care initially, you know, just uh, the fact that there was love enough there to go forward. And, you know, if she, if she did have a problem, I was on it, you know. <laughs> and that's what I look at is just all these positive aspects, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, that's what the Lord taught me out of the discipling through that whole incident. It was really great. I felt really wonderful. I felt pumped that whole day. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jerry. So I, you know, I, I, maybe some of us wonder, uh, is, is there really something more for us to shoot for? Is, is, is the Lord really going to give fullness to, to a people before he returns? And that, that's a valid question, I, I think. Uh, because if, if, if we're trying to make a decision, you know, am, am I going to change the way I live so that I can pursue the Lord wholeheartedly and, and possibly receive something really good from him. And, you know, the, the thing is, the Lord, he doesn't give his best stuff to those who are passive. Proverbs says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out. The overcomers are going to be the kings. And if, if the Lord is, is going to pour out more authority and power on a people as, as we approach the end of the age... It, it's going to be those people who he calls his friends. It, it, it's going to be those who have drawn near, who have sacrificed time to spend with him in, instead of pursuing something else. And, you know, I, I, I've, like I said, I've been chewing on this for, for a while. And I think there are a few passages in, in the New Testament that would encourage us 
in this pursuit. And chronologically, probably the, the first one would be John 14, starting in verse 11. And he's, he's having this conversation with Philip who, who wants to believe, but he wants Jesus to show him the Father. And then he'll believe. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, show, show us the Father and, and we'll, we'll believe. And, and, and he says, okay, just believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son." Now, Jesus doesn't do false advertising, okay? He not only speaks the truth, he is the truth. Jesus is talking about a place in God where we will do greater works than Jesus did. And that there is a place in God where anything you ask, he will do. And the reason, I mean, there, there is a place in God where that happens. And that, that place... None of us are there yet. And unless you want to argue with me and come up here and take over, I'm, I'm willing to do that if any of you are there. There's a place of such union of a human being with the Holy Spirit that you would only ask what the Father wants and it will be done. And, and where the works that the Father wants to accomplish that are in front of you, you will do the way Jesus did. And, and Jesus himself said you, you'd actually do greater things. That is a challenging passage. But I think it points us to something beyond where we are. Another one, and, and this one, you, you can meditate on this one for a while. You can meditate on John 14 for a while too. But this one is a little bit more, maybe a little farther, a little more mind-boggling. Ephesians 3, starting in verse 10, his intent, God's intent, was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now you, you really want to spend a little bit of time tearing those verses apart. Because 
This is something that God, it's, it's an assignment that God has for the church. That, that we, that, that the, the church that God is going to raise up as, as we approach the end of days, they will have such authority that they will show the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities and the powers and the forces of darkness in the second heaven. And, and what this says to me is, is that there, there's a, a people, the church, that, that God is going to raise up in, in these days as we approach the time of the end that, that are going to have authority over the powers of darkness in, in the second heaven. We're, a, a people will, will be able to tell them where, where they cannot come. And, and th- these aren't just little run-of-the-mill demons. Th- these are the rulers and the principalities and powers that Paul's talking about. And, and I, I just, I mean, I just want to be honest with you here. I, I mean, we, we still have trouble with little run-of-the-mill demons. So, we're not here yet. And, and this, this is the part that really gets to me about this verse. Okay. <laughs> This is according to God's eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Past tense. Now Jesus walked in that fullness. He accomplished it so that in Christ we have every spiritual blessing. There there are none that have yet to be accomplished. It means that somebody can get there now. Don't you think? I I think that's what Paul is saying. Hmm. So another passage, and there's just a couple more. Uh, John chapter 20, starting in verse 20. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's getting close to the ascension. But he, he does something here. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples therefore rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So they saw that it was Jesus. And Jesus therefore said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, 
I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. I'm not going to get into that last verse. But this is when the disciples finally received the Holy Spirit within them. And what Jesus said to them is really important because I think you will agree with me that Jesus was not just saying this to to 12 people. He was saying this to us. Because what he said was, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Now, he also told them to wait in the upper room together because the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them. And we're we're not going to get into the distinction this morning about the difference between the Holy Spirit being within us for our being regenerated and renewed and becoming new beings versus the Holy Spirit upon us for for power. But in order for Jesus to send them out as the Father sent him, they had to have both the Holy Spirit within and upon. Like we do. And for Jesus to say, as the Father sent me, I send you. No restrictions. No limitations. What the Father has made available for me is available to you. I think that's what he's saying. Don't give yourself an excuse that I'm just a human. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, you're no longer just a human. Now just just a couple more, okay? And and what what I'm trying to do here today, I, I think this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be obedient is the first thing I'm trying to do. But I think the Lord is, is wanting to whet our appetite. That yes, there is more. And he's saying, come on. Let's, let's come out of what we know, what we've known. Let's come out of our comfort zone. I have things to show you. This one is uh, Revelation 22, verse 17. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. Come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. There, uh, I'm going to read one more too. Turn a couple pages back to Revelation 19. starting in verse 5. And from the throne came a voice, saying, Praise our God, 
all you servants, you who fear him, small and great. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. There is going to be a bride who has made herself ready as we approach the end of the age. And there's going to come a point when that bride in, in union with the Holy Spirit says, come. And the bridegroom just won't be able to wait anymore. He will come. But there will be a bride who has made herself ready. And it's, it's that union So I'm going to read one more passage to encourage us in our pursuit of being overcomers, of, of being part of that bride who's made herself ready, of being a people of the presence of God, of of being a people who who go after that union with the Holy Spirit so that we find that place in God where whatever we ask, he, it's, it's done. Is that, this, this is maybe the best, most encouraging passage, single passage of related to this that, that I can find. And it's Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 9. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his own works, as God did from his. We've, we've ceased from our own labors. We, we now labor in union with him. So let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Since then, we have a great high priest 
who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We need the word of God as part of our pursuit because it exposes things. It cuts. Dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow, revealing the intentions of the heart. And we must draw near in confidence because of our high priest. We, we, we approach not because of our own achieved condition. We approach the throne of grace only by the blood of Jesus. And that doesn't change whether you had a bad day or a good day. whether your attitude is bad or good. The arms of the Father are, are open by the blood of Jesus, so we can draw near with confidence, Paul says. So, you know, I, I encourage you to, to chew on the idea of, of fullness, the, the idea of what is available to you that, that you have not yet laid hold of, that, that we have, have not yet laid hold of. I mean, as, as things in, in the world continue to progress toward the end of the age, uh, the, the shiny facade is beginning to wear off. And, and we're, we're beginning to see things for what they are, not, what, not for what the enemy wants us to think they are. So it's easier, it's becoming easier to be a wholehearted follower of Jesus, a wholehearted lover of God. Uh, will, will we seek this together? This, th this is the thing. This, God has to raise up a people who will seek after fullness. I don't think individuals can, can do it. Because people are, are going to need to encourage one another in this. So uh, I, I want to pray. I want to pray for you, over you. I encourage you to pray. There might be some of this prayer that you want to join me in. Father, I, I thank you that in Jesus we have every spiritual blessing. You, you've provided everything for us. I thank you, God, that your eternal purpose was to have a people on earth who would fully represent you 
to, to the rest of creation. And Lord, all, all I can say is um, I, I can see that I'm not there yet. I can see that there's more that I need to go after. So I ask, Lord, for myself, for the people who are joining me in, in this prayer, for grace to pursue you even more wholeheartedly than what we've known. Lord, raise up a people here. Raise up a people in this city who, who will go after all that is available. Lord, raise up overcomers here and in this city. Who, who will rule with you, who will be in union with you through the hard times to come. And Lord, I thank you for the invitation. Lead us for the glory of your Son. Amen. And I, I bless your pursuit of the Lord the rest of this week. Amen. I, I was going to announce this, but I, I forgot. Uh, I'm going to be taking a sabbatical for the month of August. So you will not see me up here. Uh, for a few weeks. In fact, you you won't see me around for a few weeks. Uh, we're coming up on our seventh birthday anniversary as a church, and uh, I I really need some time to do what I've been talking about uh, for the next few years. <laughs> So you can pray for me. I will be seeking the Lord for renewed and specific vision for the days ahead. And uh, look forward to seeing you in September. <laughs>